Guard the Lieutenant Wharf. You step into my regiment, please, and bring a tricorn with you. Hi, Captain. What do you make of that? I am puzzled, sir. The only detectable biometric principles are your own. You did not help. I did not. running Star Trek The Next Generation Rewatch podcast. Most weeks of the calendar year, we're bringing you an episode of TNG and all the behind-the-scenes stories that made that magic happen. My name is Mitch Mills, Chief Consultant of Services, and with me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs, ex-head of Resources Management. Now, before anything else, I feel like I have some splaining to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, whenever a little behind the scenes look at how the sausage is made here but whenever we go to record i just need to have my coffee i need to That's have true. my creme brulee latte and um recently it's been very hard to get a to get a hold of and i had mm-hmm. to delay production of the show until i could get one sure and naturally naturally you know that takes a couple weeks couple months but i got one today and here we are mm-hmm. yeah yeah finally uh we're back back just in time to uh go on another hiatus for the holidays perfect but, we, lo- uh, we love those in, in the meantime uh we have we have two solid weeks of track <coughs> i think yes uh, as long as it doesn't rain on saturdays yeah if it uh if it rains then we're gonna have to cancel our parade Right, right, because it it would it would rain on our parade if if we were to uh to continue with that plan. Yes, yes. Do you um? It would rain Wilson on our parade. Yeah, it certainly would. <laughs> you kids know what a rain Wilson is. So what have you? Um, what have, our our audience probably does, but uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna not really say anything substantial, but what have you been uh, up to for the past forever? Uh, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Nice old Crohn's disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the problem. <laughs> um, so I I think I've got another maybe two three years in me before I uh before I just start spending all my time uh poisoning apples and uh, mm. uh baking cakes out of children i think it's pie is it pie mm. well i'll have to learn that it's a real death of pie situation it's a real life of pie yeah that was uh that was it was that the joke mm-hmm. i don't get it what's the death of pie because you're baking a child into it you think it's going to survive Oh, 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 okay, yeah, that's that's the book about the little Indian kid. Right, okay. and like his tiger. Right. right. I think they're stuck on a raft. Am I baking the tiger too? Um, can you catch it by its toe? <laughs> Only if he doesn't holler. <laughs> that's just one of the rules of life. Um, you know, if the tiger hollers, <laughs> you gotta let it go. Or you hollow back. <laughs> As the kids say. <laughs> now, I, I believe that there's a lot of zoos that have been grossly ignoring this rule. <laughs> uh, you 
catch a tiger by its toe and it turns around and just says, Sup, Shoddy? <laughs> um, if you catch it by its toe, the line. Yeah, we're getting into word association already. <laughs> well, it's the readier room. It's not, um, it's not yeah, the yeah, orb. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not the orb. Um, although, uh, some people might beg to differ. They, they are incorrect. We are not the orb. We're nothing like the orb. We are orbless. Um, as evidenced by the fact that we're still going and they're not. Right. Well, that's why we're the longest running. Right. We've surpassed the orb. Hell yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think at one point, um, Usain Bolt was the longest running, but mm -hmm. I don't know. There might no, be he's the fastest runner. There might be a longer runner these days. I'm not. I'm not so sure. How about? Yeah. How about? How about the fastest running Star Trek podcast? Oh, that's good. What's our time? Uh, <laughs> well, we, we we lose with every episode. I see. I see. Well, I mean, so, wind resistance being what it is, mm -hmm. we got to be sleeker. If you're traveling east, don't mess with the beast. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. So look, we've we've been gone for for a while here. It's been what three months, two and a half. In no way it's been that long. I think it has. Hold on. How old am I? What year is it? <laughs> um, I I can check this very easily by going to the Readier Room Twitter account. It's definitely been... It's S been three months. Sort months. through all my likes of underage boys. Mm-hmm. We have a DM. Oh, my God. Oh, it's all bot DMs. Yeah. I thought it was the other Captain Kirk. I was hoping it was um, Voyager guy. <laughs> I think I I think he explicitly laid a curse on our houses. All right, it it hasn't even been two months. That's not true. October twenty third really? was the last one. October twenty third was the last one. Yeah. No kidding. Don't you good. have egg on your face? Yeah, I suppose so. Wow. Alright. <laughs> um, but we have been gone. We, we have been gone, so... Right. Uh, lots of things happening. Um, right, since since we've been gone, I can breathe for the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, what's, what's, your favorite, what's your favorite news story uh, that's happened in the past month and a half? Um... Well, the World Cup's happening. You guys know about the World Cup? Oh, what's the World Cup? Um, it's what we all drink from. Mm. Is is that uh, is that related to the Great American Melting Pot? Kind of. They they invented they, a set? they invented a new country for the World Cup. Um, yeah. They said we're it's always it's already been in all the other countries. We need to make a new one. So they made Qatar, um, <laughs> a country that has not existed up until now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, uh... And fortuitously, they hate gay people. Well, that was no coincidence. I had to cancel... No. I had to cancel our live on-location um, episode. Right. Because of the, the Qatar uh, way of thinking. I think that mm -hmm. when they were making that country, they did it to keep out the radio room. That could be. That could be. We, uh... We've been getting a lot of mail... Right. Um, a lot of attention recently, 
everyone kind of wondering where we've been. Uh, I think I think we're more popular than we've ever been. That's true. Actually, well, you know, Patreon, shut up. You know what they say: absence makes the heart grow fonder. That that is what they say. That's true. That's true. Now, is fonder some kind of root vegetable or what? And how exactly does the heart cultivate it? It's a, it's a great question. Great question, Mitch. You ever play King's Quest? No. No, I've never played King's Quest. Yeah, the King's Quest Five has the subtitle Absence Makes the Heart Go Yonder because he's on a quest. Ah, uh-huh. Yeah. It's funny because it rhymes. It doesn't rhyme. <laughs> oh, you mean with the original? Yes, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was speaking more like metaphysically it rhymes. You always speak metaphysically. <laughs> All right, how about this? Um, King's Quest Six: Air Today, Gone Tomorrow. Oh, geez, that's awful. Oh, when did King's Quest jump the shark? Would you say seven? Easy seven. Easy seven. Easy seven. Seven. It has like this um, animation style. Um, it it mm. it's it looks like a like a cartoon at the time. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, it was like some incredibly buggy 3D game. Yeah, I do remember that one. Yeah, but King's Quest Five and Six are like the epitome of whatever it is King's Quest was doing. Right, which uh, I don't even know because I I have no idea. Well, you point, Quest you click, you point and click. More of a might and magic kind of guy. Oh, like not 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 point and clicks, but might and magics. Right. All right. See. Right. 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 <laughs> you might and you magic. <laughs> My favorite genre. Simple. Let's keep it simple. They don't make games like they used to anymore. Back then, you just mighted, you magicked. Hmm. Might and magic seems like the kind of game that would spell magic with a K. It does, doesn't it? Um, but I don't know if they do. I don't think they magic. Did. Although maybe they did, like, in-game, but not in the title. Right. Um, Do you have a journal that gets updated? But, uh, no, no, no. It was one of those... I mean, I only played the first one. It was one of those games where, like, it was a dungeon crawler, like, first person, and you had to, like, make your own maps and stuff. Oh. But, uh, when did, uh... When did, when did magic kind of become uh, a word only used by, like, fat goth girls? You mean with a K? Like, like, like with a K, yeah. Right. Um... Well, there's always been like that weird Wiccan girl, right? She's, always. She's always existed <laughs> since time immemorial. All the way back to the Crucible, those weird goth girls. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think they would have all been killed off. Well, you know, uh, if we 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 could be so lucky. Maybe. Uh... <coughs> What would be ironic uh-huh. is if um, if they really were witches, and not no, just no, no. Fat white girls. <laughs> no, if all the witches, the the quote unquote witches in Salem that were killed weren't witches, and all, and and like, uh, uh, never mind. Wow, it was that was really good, wasn't it? <laughs> I've had some failures in my time. <laughs> I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> this this is why nobody listens to the show. 
um but anyway yeah let's 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 get let's get back on track um fat goth girls yeah um just an embarrassing hobby like star trek has got nothing on um, there's definitely mysticism and and you know what it's not even like goth because like wiccan wiccan can also be that kind of like woodsy sort of um you know what i mean like uh tolkien-esque kind of aesthetic Tom Bombadil? Yeah, sort of. Like, like... Not quite. Cottagecore? Yeah, may- maybe a little more like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, y- you dress in, like, earthy tones. Right. And you go out and pick mushrooms and um, herbs, and you throw them into Spices. your pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you hang out with, like, fairies and stuff. Yeah. Um, that's that's more what I think of when I when I think of like uh uh magic with a K users. Yeah, that's fair. Um have you ever heard of the the witches against patriarchy subreddit? <laughs> uh I, I might have, uh but what what's uh, what's going on there? Well, it's exactly what it says on the tin. For better and worse. So Okay, so what 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 makes them um what makes their approach to fighting the patriarchy so special? Oh, they don't fight the patriarchy. Oh, oh, they're just against it. Yeah, let me um ask <laughs> you. They're leaning against it, and it's almost falling over. <laughs> have, ha, have you ever um been third party to a conversation like you've overheard it, where some woman like like, is, like I was I was looking at myself. Uh, in, in like an out of body experience. Not quite, not quite. I know you have those all the time, but imagine you're just at like a cafe and the table next to you, some woman is talking about um, star charts or horoscopes to sure some guy that is just not at all interested in it. Mm-hmm. And um, that experience is what it's like to browse the witches against patriarchy subreddit. You're just, yeah, like, sure. All this shit I don't care about, and there. Except, with... except the guy isn't there. You cut out the middleman. That's true. It's just a, a cacophony of them <laughs> unleashing this unto themselves. Just this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. What? What are you? What's your? Uh, what's your sign? Um. I'm a. I'm a virgin. No, really. What is it? Oh, Virgo. Oh, okay. Oh, it was it was a play on words. I yes, think. I I'm a little too high level for you. When you play this far above the rim, like I do, um, I not... want to see what um, what our relationship is like. Ah, uh, what what are you a Taurus? Yeah, I'm a Taurus. Hey, wow! Did you guess that? Yeah, was I right? Yeah. Oh, your birthday's in May. Di- May. I was gonna say February. Or December, <laughs> but not May. Uh, this is in August. Yeah, yeah. Right? Are, yeah, are we compatible? Oh, okay, hold on. Um, love compatibility, 84%. Not bad. Um, we have intense love. What does it say about our podcast prospects? Um, oof. Uh, it's not looking good. Oh, well, 
Oh. Hold on, let me let me Google that specifically. Virgo Taurus uh, 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 podcast ability. Now, what they don't tell you is that Taurus is also a Pokemon. It is, it is. Uh, so I feel a little silly saying it. <laughs> well, when you said Tauros was in May, I had different ideas. Mm. <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> uh, that exists. That definitely exists. Now, I, I, I think we need to to air some more grievances because because we're getting bogged down in, in astrology and stuff we're getting bogged uh, no <laughs> we're answering the call um uh, i know you've had a nose job yes you know i can tell uh had a nose job and quite a few hand jobs now I'm trying to think of a star trek alien that could give a nose job um there's one it's a minor alien but it's got like a uh it's got two really big nostrils, and there's like a... Oh, you know what it is? It's the guy that, in the most toys, the guy yeah. that was the friend of the guy. <laughs> the guy that was the friend of the guy, huh? Well, you know the guy that captured Data, what's his name, that guy? Yes, 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 yeah, yeah you're right, you're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that he was trying to show Data off to. Yeah, he, right. he could give a nose job. He could give a nose job. Um... Still got it, baby. We don't do the show for five months. I still got it. Yeah, you're still thinking about the most toys. <laughs> so, um, have we brought this up on on Mike? I know we've talked about it before. The because uh, it's still bothering me how people pronounce "ing" with an "e" sound. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Well, we need to get into this because I'm hearing it everywhere now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm crazy. Right? Not running, but running. Playing. Right. Diving. Right. Where does this come from? I believe it's a Texan thing. You think so? Yeah. From Texas. You know what Texas is? <laughs> yes, it's a country. Right. And <laughs> everything's just bigger there. <laughs> it's like how everything is lighter on the moon. Everything's just bigger in Texas. <laughs> the Lone Star State. Wasn't John Wayne the Lone Star State? I, what? What? John Wayne. Yeah, I know who John Wayne is. Yeah, wasn't he the Lone Star State? You're gonna have to explain your joke to me. I mean, it just sounds like what a cowboy would be. I'm the Lone Star State. Why would you describe yourself as a state? Okay, how about this? I'm in a Lone Star State. <laughs> I'm in a Lone Star State. But if you go back and watch any of those um, John Wayne films, he does the thing. He pronounces it ing. He does, huh? Yeah, like I'm killing some Native Americans. <laughs> right, 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 right. Or uh, I'm wearing yellow face. 
I um there was a controversy the other day where somebody was controversy <laughs> a mild internet spat where <laughs> somebody was saying um oh you know John Wayne terrible actor he just plays the same character in every film yeah I I think I saw that I think I was privy to that right and it's like do you know what a character actor is. <laughs> do you think that John Wayne just the they called cut and he just spoke that way all the time? <laughs> um, I mean, look, I, I can't. What what they really mean is that he was in a bunch of boring films, and that's true. Yeah, that is a fair criticism. But to just but, say, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, how about this? There's another minor internet spat where people are like, "Why are Americans so obsessed with Russian literature?" Don't they know Oof. that uh, the the brothers Kazimarov is a bad book? And it's like, I'm sure this is just your true opinion and not at all informed by recent geopolitics. Oh, sure, yeah, 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 um, yeah. Which is embarrassing on both sides too, because you, you're starting to see a lot of those, uh, you know, uh, Daily Wire adjacent type people uh, talk about. Imply uh, that they love Russia to to a certain degree. Oh, is that happening? The the, the blowback, like oh, Russia's yeah. the best. So I was I was watching my boyfriend Matt Walsh right yesterday. You got a poster of him on your on on your wall. <laughs> I, I do. I in my corner. Yeah. Um. Which I I took a picture and sent to you. Right. But uh, uh, he said something like um. So so you're following this this Biden getting this WNBA star back home thing, right? Have, have you I've seen that? I've heard I heard about it at two points. Once that the star was arrested seemingly for legitimate charges and um the other one was that they got her they got her home. Right, right. So so the issue now <clears throat> is that he traded like a like a war criminal, a Russian war criminal for a basketball player, a women's basketball player. Which is silly, but um, the 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 second part of this is that uh, people have been clamoring, I guess, to get this this uh, former American military guy home, who's okay. currently captured in Russia. Um, so you know, a lot of it's like, oh, you could have gotten him instead. Um, Biden claims that uh, the the Russians only offered uh, the WNBA player. Like, like, they, like the other guy wasn't even on the table, apparently, according to Biden. Uh, Matt Welsh gets, gets, you know, up on screen and he's, he's talking about how, like, Russian news is making fun of Biden for this trade as if, as if, uh, if, if very much begging the question, right? As if uh, that proves that, uh, that Russia was willing to even give up the American military guy to begin with. Right. Um, it's just it's such a stupid blind spot um on i don't know in that realm i don't know why i watch these people i don't know I, why I, either I just do it to get mad um it's it's pathetic but uh yeah there's on both sides of that it's it's really really disgusting so i want to make sure i got my story straight here or these stories straight um she was arrested on drug charges right yeah, she she brought in like a a negligible amount of like um, uh, marijuana for like her vape or something. Right, but it's 
was it is that is that what the Russian law dictates is illegal? Yeah, yeah or you was, can't have okay. You can't have weed in Russia. Yeah, I I cannot. It's, it's like going to Japan, right? I I can't stand this 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 fucking viewpoint. Like these are the people that are so and I I got I, I I'm trying to say this in a in the least charged way possible because this statement is going to paint me as a fucking lunatic. Um, <laughs> these people are so intentionally anti-America, which is fine. I, I, I'm not trying to be like a, a raving conservative. Who, 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 oh, they who, who are these people? Uh, pe- oh, oh, the people. Sorry, go ahead. So people on usually on the left, you know, they're um, pro-drug, pro-personal freedoms. Um, a lot of sure. good, a lot of fine points. I don't disagree with with a lot of this at all. And um, because of that, they they often are not so patriotic. They don't like nationalism. That's all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they are like the first people to hold everyone else by America's standards. Like this is legal in America, so it's terrible yeah, that she yeah. was arrested for it in Russia uh, yes. because it's legal here. This is an unjust situation, and it's ridiculous. Yes. It is ridiculous. You're absolutely right. Uh, just the 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 complete like it's it's bold, brash. It's like the, the idea, the idea. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if she knew that it was illegal and thought she could get away with it. Right. I, how do you not know? I mean, you would have to be a an idiot, like really stupid, to think that weed is legal in even the majority of the world. Right. It is not. Just, oh, I'm going to take drugs with me internationally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a normal person checks that. Right. They're going to be like, hmm. Because, because, yeah, a lot of countries, even even countries that are very civilized, uh, treat their people very well, will arrest you and put you in jail for, like, five years for bringing drugs that are illegal here into their country. Yeah. It's, it's just how it is. I mean... It's not. It's not. It's not our place to to say. Oh, that you know they shouldn't do that. Uh, so obviously, with with some some place like Russia, their their punishment is going to be obviously a little out of whack. So it's it's something that you're you kind of you're sympathetic toward. Yeah, it's like it's ridiculous in a certain kind of way. Nobody wants but, to be in a Russian prison. No, definitely not. But at the Nobody same, wants to be in a Japanese prison either. So. At the same time, if there's somebody that deserves to be in a Russian prison, it would be somebody that broke the law in Russia. Or a WNBA player. <laughs> I suppose. Their crimes are numerous already. <laughs> yeah, I really I wish I knew more about the WNBA, because there's it's such a good joke. You're like, okay, so Biden made this trade. And I'd be like, "Wow, that's that's the worst trade since this other WNBA team <laughs> traded for this yes. player." <laughs> yes. No, there's been some of that. People, people are, you know, they're catching on. They Ble- made the joke. Bless these people where their uh, minute knowledge of the WNBA has finally come in handy. I know, I know, uh, but it, th- that is very funny. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, women's sports are kind of like a crime in general, aren't they? Did you see that? Uh, there was like a WebM or a video that was making the rounds of, um, I don't know if this, it was probably a college team where, uh, and don't ask me how basketball works, but, uh, this, this, this chick is going to like, um, shoot a hoop, I guess. A hoop. And, uh, 
a hoop. She's pushing and, it along uh, with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, these, uh, what, what, what do you call it when like the, the, the teams like line up and like, like one of them goes to like just shoot. Uh, like they line up on either side. A what free throw? Maybe. But uh, they're all standing there on either side and, and like on, on one of the sides, one of the teams, one of the girls just like falls over apropos of nothing. <laughs> just because she was like trying to stand up straight. Love it. It's uh, pure athleticism. It's it's hilarious. Um, any any video where they they score on themselves is also really funny. You seen that stuff? I've not. Oh, you you got some digging to do. It's it's really funny stuff. They'll like, I, I think I saw like a like a soccer game where she kicks it into the goal. Maybe it was basketball, but either way, she gets a goal on on fucking her <laughs> side of the court. And then looks around and just like puts her head in her hands. <laughs> That's really good. It's so funny. It, actually, yeah, I think it was basketball, but it could have been a Rock'em Sock'em game. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah, you, you know, you know how you uh, punch yourself, right? <laughs> Your head just expands. <laughs> <laughs> It enters Texas. Do you ever try to say the phrase free throw and struggle to not say three? Three throw? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the well, th I don't usually say free throw, but... Well, the three-point shot is an institution in basketball. And uh, its existence, along with the free throw, creates a, a hazardous minefield of language. Sure, sure, sure. Do you think um, who who's more disliked in the news cycle right now, Qatar or Russia? It's a good question. Probably Qatar at this moment, right? Right. Well, that one guy died, Mister Soccer. Yeah, 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 Mister Soccer. Yeah, he did die. Um, it's that. That's kind of like you know, pick your battles, don't you think? On uh, Qatar's part or his part? On his part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, you're going to Qatar. Already, already, mistakes have been made. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a new country, right? It, it just material. It hasn't been tested yet, right. and you're just gonna go. <laughs> oh, we got some kinks to work out, but uh... all right, we'll try again. Put the Olympics there. We'll see if it goes any better. <laughs> just just flood it with gay people. See what happens. Uh, the that's that that one tweet. From the Qatar guys, like, oh, you, you come to our country and do something you know is illegal? Is uh, oh, I don't see, uh, did I see that? It was pretty popular. I, I, I'm paraphrasing it, but it was something to that effect. It's like, you you do these things that you know are illegal here. Why? Why do you mm -hmm. do that? And uh, But yeah, you know, that's that's another example of what we were just talking about. Right. It's like, yeah, I mean, I get it from like a, like a moral humanist kind of perspective yeah sure it's bad to, to just murder gay people of course but uh don't kick the hornet's nest in a country that you're never going to go back to like save that shit for when you're back in the u.s then Pe you can report on it people are just really big on imperialism just, just <laughs> straight up it's like well if this was my country it'd be fine so i'm just gonna do it and well that's the and yeah that's the thing you know it's it's imperialism when someone else does it yeah Right, like I can, uh, I'm gonna demand that an entire country changes its cultural vantage point. But 
it's imperialism when CGI Black Panther is voiced by a by a white guy or whatever. I, sure, I'm, sure, sure. I, sure. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not hip enough to know any examples, but um, these things. Yeah, this is this is pretty topical for this week's episode, actually. Uh, why is uh, did they re- resurrect Black Panther? <laughs> Was that the post credit uh, scene they had um, Chad back? Chad. What that is his name, right? Chad. It's Chadwick. Oh God. Sounds like a like a fucking upper class prep school white kid. I was gonna say Chadwick. a special type of candle. <laughs> Chadwick. <laughs> we got anything else right, what happening? Else we got? What else we got? I, I have I have so many things from the past five months of podcasts that we couldn't do. Um, here's one about Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Hear about oh, no this? Shit. That Our, old bag? Yeah, I mean, uh, she's most remembered um, for her contributions to the uh, coloration world. You're you're doing like a new bit here. What is this? What, what do you mean? What do you mean? What, what what is that? No, what does that mean? You know, RGB, RBG. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Jesus! No, you should you should have made some joke about like TVs, TV inputs or something. I don't know. I was like, is this a computer thing or a TV thing? Um, yeah. Did you know? <laughs> um, that that's way too esoteric. That hues and um, pigments. There's different primary hues and primary pigments. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Red, blue, and yellow. Red, blue, and green. Red, blue, green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Wikipedia says she was dubbed the notorious RBG and later embraced the the moniker. I don't know if this is hearsay or their say. <laughs> Does it say anything about her exercise routine? Control F. No exercise. No, but there's um, there's a quote that says constantly exercised by New York State. So I assume that she had some kind of demon inhibiting her. <laughs> she has to go in for regular uh, government mandated exorcisms. <laughs> Alright, I did find something about her working out in the yeah. Justice's Only Gym. Which is now the place in the world I most want to get access to. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's any pictures of it. Of the Justice's Only Gym? Do you think they, they, they filmed their TikToks there? Yeah. Supreme Court private gym. Oh yeah, there are pictures of it. There's a she looks she, she's exercise she looks like a bobblehead, like she does. This is Look at this. Not good. Oh uh she looks like head of a chicken. She looks like Larry King. She does. <laughs> oh no. Well <laughs> now she really looks like Larry King. 
Yeah, what do they have in common? Hmm. <laughs> this is the most pathetic thing ever. I mean, we're 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 drudging up like very very old observations here, but this this weird campaign uh, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's like workout routine. What were they trying to do? I don't know. Here's a picture of Stephen Colbert doing her routine with her. Which is, it's all bizarre. It's like, yeah, okay, an old woman does a few Pilates and lifts like two pound dumbbells. That's like normal. That's like what, that's like, that's what old women do. It's like, good, staying active. I mean, was everyone following along at home? Was that the shtick? You know what I think it was? Here, let me see when this article was published. Also, I think this, this was back... Go ahead. Oh, no, you know what? This was 2018, my bad. Oh. I was going to say, this Justice is Only Jim looks like it leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, it doesn't look particularly well-equipped. No. And the paint on the walls? Mm-hmm. Not great. Do you think that they have the um, the Planet Fitness... Uh, what do you call it? The, the alarm whenever someone grunts? <laughs> <laughs> Pizza starts dropping from the ceilings. <laughs> I was astonished when I learned that was a real thing. Not the pizza, but it's, the, it's, <laughs> the alarm. No, it's disgusting. It's like, oh wow, okay, well, no, it's it's uh, it's like such a farce, isn't it? Yeah, everyone's just going there pretending to work out. I'm sure they have like a very healthy smoothie bar where it's not just a bunch of sugar shoveled into you yeah no no i I know they have like free donuts or something on certain days no way no way i swear to god it was either that or bagels bagels are a little more palatable but i'm sure there's a bunch of terrible spreads that Mm -hmm. undercut the whole thing no you just load it up with cream cheese baby uh you know i'm gonna find the guy who first had the idea to cream his cheese (laughs) <laughs> I'm not going to tolerate him. You don't like cream cheese, huh? I don't. I don't like cheese, creamed or otherwise. Well. It took me a long time to come around on cream of wheat, and I don't know if cream of cheese is ever going to happen. That's disgusting. So, if if you order a burger, do you get cheese on that? No. Wow. This is, this is really rocking your world, huh? What about macaroni and cheese? Nope. What about pizza? Uh, yeah. So you like mozzarella? Yeah, it's tolerable, but it's not my favorite part of the pizza. I, I prefer a tomato pie. Okay. Those are like a little too sweet, though. I guess. You gotta put salt in it. In the tomato. Sure. If you just grow those salty tomatoes. There really is something about... You just load a tomato up with salt and it tastes completely different. Right. That's what I do with cucumbers. Did I ever tell you about my recipe for cucumber chips? No. So you take a cucumber and you cut it into slices. Not so thin, but not so thick either. And then you sprinkle a healthy dose of salt on it. You flip over all the chips and sprinkle some more salt and then you eat it. Cucumber chips. And not a bad recipe. You don't don't cook it? No. It's a cucumber. Yeah, no, it's it's not a chip. It's just a cucumber. 
It's salted. It's a sliced cucumber. It's salted. Okay, I will try. I will try putting salt on a cucumber, though. All right, and if you're lazy, what you can do is just you you have a salt shaker in one hand, the cucumber in the other. You bite it off to expose the fleshy inner. You salt that, bite that, sure, and sure. just continue this. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> True Capricorn. If you're really lazy, just shove it in your ass and absorb it. Uh, boof the cucumber? <laughs> boof. <laughs> Boofing is up there with, with Jankum in terms of my favorite drug-related <laughs> words. <laughs> Jankum is hilarious. It is. What's it, like a concoction of piss and shit? Yeah, and it's left to ferment. <laughs> you, that's, what, that's, that's why whenever I forget to flush, I'm like, I'm making Jankum in there when I come back to it. <laughs> Just to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have a lot of fun here, me, myself, and I. Popular in Zambia. What else do they have in Zambia aside from piss and shit? That's insensitive to the Zambian fans. I'm sorry. Don't you? Don't you kind of want to try it? Jankum? No. No. You would. You would rather try Jankum than like a a burger made out of crickets. That's not true. I think it is. I've eaten crickets before. Oh yeah. Do you get their their yeah? I used their... to. Legs stuck in your teeth. I used to. I used to catch him outside my old Mima's house. You eat them in the oven. Oh, okay, so you didn't go at it raw. No, 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 not raw. Okay. Now, no. can, can you? Explain... I've, ne I've never eaten an insect raw. Can you explain to me what a wicket is? A wicket? Yeah, given that you're the cricket expert. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that's uh, what is that? That's that's Warwick Davis. That's the little. So I learned today that fella. that willow is not the never-ending story. <laughs> you learned that today? Yeah. I thought that Willow was basically the never-ending story, but with, like, a little girl. But it turns out it just stars some short guy. <laughs> it's, it, it turns out it's just a story about a midget. Yeah. And they somehow and produced I, the sequel. Everyone turns gets turned into pigs at the end, I think. I believe you're thinking of the Odyssey. It was, uh... <laughs> No, it was, it was, I remember seeing it and thinking, this is definitely someone's fetish. Like being forced, forcefully transformed into a pig. Uh, I mean, come on. Yeah, definitely. I blame George. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it would be great if we could make them all pigs. Hey, the Jordan Peterson has ruined your George Lucas impression. No, that's not Jordan Peterson. It's, they're vaguely similar. That's how he talks. He's like, he talks like this. That's uh, I Jordan. Guess, I guess yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, then the newest Star Wars films, like, no, don't turn me into a wampa. No. <laughs> George Lucas. Um, yeah, Warwick Davis, huh? He was. Apparently, he sucked in that new Willow. Oh, good for him. 
Mm-hmm. Good for him getting money despite being absolutely fucking terrible at his job. Yeah. <laughs> I aspire to do I, that. It's, it is impressive how he kind of transitioned from uh, a career wearing like little furry animal costumes when they needed some midget to just like walk around as a creature mm-hmm. into like actually being uh, not a proper actor, but an actor nonetheless. Yeah. But he's no, um, God, what's that guy's name? The other midget actor. Oh, the one who killed himself? Not Vern Troyer. Oh. The, um, the, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. No, uh, he was an elf. Um, what's his name? He was an elf. You know elf. Who was an elf? This guy, this midget. He was in elf. The film. He was in Elf. Yeah. He was in Elf the film. Yeah. The 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 Will Ferrell joint. Uh, I don't want to watch it. Who? who okay. That movie is I, I, I fucking terrible. That it's, movie's terrible. It's fine. It's a fucking fine Christmas movie. Well, I mean, relative to the amount of praise it got, it's awful. Sure. All right, Elf. All right, this is just about the mystical creature. Right. Um, he didn't have a large role in this mil- in this movie by virtue of being a short guy. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. He was an elf. He's a short guy. He's a midget actor. Wait, he was an elf? Yeah. It's what he's best known for. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know he was an elf. He was. He had a. Oh, mon- no, he's. Yeah. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Well, gonna, he had a minor role where the the Will Ferrell calls him an elf because he's a short guy and he gets mm. angry. But um, oh, I see, I see, I see. I was gonna oh, say, oh, that's right, that's right. I do remember that. Warwick Davis aspires to be Peter Dinklage. That's true. Well, Peter Dinklage is actually like attractive too. Uh, like he has he has an attractive face for for a midget. For an yeah. elf. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. For for a midge. Yeah. yeah. Image. Oh. No, but I mean, like he's he's genuinely like when when he cleans up, he's genuinely attractive. Yeah. Uh, War- Warwick Davis could never be. Well, he Warwick Davis is the more literal interpretation of a mystical creature. <laughs> yeah, he he uh, he looks like he plays tricks. Do you think that Peter Dinklage's spouse is normal sized? That's a great question. Why don't we find out? Oh my god, he was born in New Jersey. You can learn so much on Wikipedia. (laughs) Peter Dinklage was born in New Jersey? Yeah. No way. Way. And she is normal-sized. She is normal-sized. I was thinking about them having sex. I don't want to think about this. That's nuts. Good for him. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Warwick could never do that. Warwick could never do that. Is is let's turn to Google. Is Warwick Davis married? Uh, list... oh, oh, you you haven't seen his family? <laughs> Why would I have seen his family? <laughs> is this live my life looking down? <laughs> that's uh, what I do when I pass people on the street. <laughs> This is, uh, 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 I found the picture. Yep. 
send it to you. Uh, audiences, by the way, will note the appearance of my uh, brand new mechanical keyboard, so enjoy that. <laughs> Look at that thing to the left. The, uh, I mean, look at all of them. I was gonna say you could arrange this, their order however you want. They're all things to look at. Why would you? Why would you bring something like this into the world? Do you think they have a normal house with like countertops that are normal sized, or do they? <laughs> oh no, they live in like a little baby house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it. Why wouldn't they if they could afford it? Because none of the, it's not built to accommodate any of them. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, I don't know. This photo is a real place perspective tricks on you. This has got a giant hand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he's like shown off his house. You know what? I uh, I'm I have a theory that I'm gonna okay. de debut live on the Ready Room right now. That the studio pays Warwick Davis to um, propagate with another dwarf to create future generations of dwarf actors, <laughs> so they can they can be Ewoks, right? Until the end, there will always be Ewoks. Mm -hmm. It's my theory. And nothing is in existence to disprove this theory. <laughs> That's true, which means it must be true. Uh, if he ever does an AMA, we should ask him. Is your family <laughs> the result of studio meddling and incentive? <laughs> oh, no. Do you have anything else before we get to the star of our show? Um... Jeez, no, I guess not. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'm always thinking about things to bring up air, uh, grievances to air uh, during the week, and then then we get to this point, and I've forgotten them all. All right, then we're gonna. You want to take a break, or do you want to just? Yeah, we should. We should probably break. All right, we're gonna take a break. Then we'll come back with. Uh, well, it's either gonna be Star Trek Voyager or Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yeah, it depends on whether or not that guy shows up. Right. He's got he's got a perpetually open invitation, so maybe he'll take <laughs> yeah. it. Anyway, we'll see. We'll be back after the break. All right, we are back. Back. We forgot to do the question before we before we broke again. Oh God, it's just been so long. I forget yeah. how this show goes. So, um, but you know, it's been another three months since we were last here since we started the break. You did remember to. Uh... To hire the mariachi band, right? Uh, well, we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't do this out. to me. Don't do this to me. We'll find a way. Yeah, one of those comically oversized guitars. Do they do they typically have comically oversized guitars? They they're slightly larger guitars. <laughs> no, it's not comical at all. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> it, just, it doesn't roll off the tongue the same way uh, slightly larger does. 
<laughs> it's um a little artistic embellishment. Okay. Which is what I said when I had that surgery on my penis. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we might as well do the question of the week, which this week it comes from uh, JQ, who says, uh, "Who says this is my seventeenth message? Where is the readier room? 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 Where is the Which is a great question. Um, it's an amazing question. <laughs> so you know we've had some difficulties as uh, as we've covered. You know it's been been a long time, and uh, you know I think it's it was just time to bring it back. I got my yeah, coffee, yeah. and um, you know I just want to point out that you know if you have your Patreon sent to a monthly uh, setting, there's no action on that that's uh that is then the money is gone and that's okay um but you know we uh here at readier enterprises are dedicated to collecting yes we do enjoy collecting yes um but yeah you know think think of it as kind of a revival right yeah like uh like the- friends or Frasier. Or Frasier. Was there a Frasier revival? I believe it's in the works. Oh. Uh, you excited for that? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean... I think, uh, I think any, any true Trek fan will be, uh, will be excited for more Frasier. Chomping at the bit for it. Yeah, well, you know. I hope, uh, Cisco shows up. Well, the emissary um, is capable of showing up anywhere, should mm. the should the prophets will it. What was that episode where um, Deep Space Nine? The episode where I don't exactly know if this is exactly how it goes down, but what is it called? Far Beyond the Stars or something? Is that the one where he plays a um, a science fiction writer? Yeah, and he like writes Star Trek. Or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What What's going on with that? Um. It's It's not explicit as to whether that's a real thing or just a vision that he has that Cisco has. But it's also pretty immaterial to the proceedings. Ah. Uh, sure. Sure. But you know, you know how many people watched that episode and immediately just had their lives destroyed because they were like, <laughs> "What is the canon here?" Wait, Star I Trek's, need to know. Star Trek's not real? What? Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I think someone from Frasier was in that. Hmm. Is, uh... <laughs> that was the point of bringing that up. I think there was a Frasier someone or other. Are you thinking of um, James Avery? He, he played Cisco. You mean Avery Brooks? Whatever, man. <laughs> it's James Avery, everybody. <laughs> Look, 
He James Avery was the shredder. Penny Johnson was in it. Uh, she would go on to uh, be a main cast member of the Orville. Oh, did you know that the Orb was about the Orville? <laughs> the Orbville, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I'm, I'm seeing it come together. Yeah, that's it's, pretty pathetic, huh? I'm seeing it come. Come, come. Come town. Well, if you're like Jay and you have a question that you want us to answer, you can email us at theradioroom at gmail.com. It's capital T and two capital R's. Or you can tweet at the Radio Room or message us on Reddit at Radio Room. And if your question is pretty decent, we'll answer it live on the show. Now, today's topic of conversation. Um, we're going to tackle our first film. Yeah, TNG oh, film. Mitch. Not the film. It's not the film. Then what is it? It's the episode First Contact. Oh, I watched the film. Oh. We just had in our Google Docs show notes First Contact. First and, contact. And once I ruled out making contact with an alien civilization, I realized that you must be talking about the the the, the film. Mm-hmm. Well, well, there is, there is, some connection between the two, at the very least. Thematically. Is there not? Yeah, there is. Um, we... I, how do we usually... We usually talk about the uh, what we thought about it, right? Like, we like it? Um, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. That is what we usually do. Right, and then we go through um, uh, segmented chronological yeah. order where we start at the exact midpoint of the episode and right. alternate. Right. Oh, no, wait, no, oh, wait a minute. I think... I think do we I think we start at the I, you know, no, we start at the beginning. That's and then we little, go a little edgy for We us. go to the end. We okay. go to the end. Uh in I yeah, I guess just a regular chronological order. Okay, not like a Benjamin Button situation. No. No. Right. Well then uh well this uh is probably one of the best TNG episodes. Oof. From front to front to back, beginning to end, uh, it's it's all bangers. Except I, I blacked out for about forty five seconds in one scene, but I'm sure that was great too. Um, could only be great, but I I'm judging by your reaction that you don't really agree here. But I I think this episode is is really strong. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's solid. It's it's good and. Part of the reason that it is good is that it's uh, it's unique and it's fresh. It's interesting because we are granted it starts with Riker, but for the most part, the perspective is from the civilization uh, who is you know being monitored by the Enterprise. Like we're we're not looking at this from the Enterprise crew's perspective. It's from the aliens, right? Right. The issue I have with celebrating it too much is that there is, I think, a reason. So when you go back to what what Gene and and Gene had a lot of crazy ideas, but when you go back to what Gene wanted out of the episodic series that was Star Trek, um, he wanted episodes to be from the perspective of the crew. 
Mm. Just across the board. And I think there is a reason for that, and I don't think that's a crazy idea, because I do think that if this sort of style of episode became more commonplace, it would kind of dilute the feeling of of TNG just as in terms of in terms of I, I don't know just just structure and what you would expect but not not in, not in a way that uh, is novel you know what I mean like this this episode by itself is novel and it's really it's good I, I wouldn't say it's like amazing I know a lot of people really like it but uh, it's the sort of episode that can really only be made once which kind of feels like a gimmick to me yes Does that I, make sense I, I don't think that you could ever have a primary shift away from the perspective of the crew solely because they're the main characters, right? Um, sure. You do something like this one too many times and the show just loses its focus completely. Um, which, okay, that intrinsically makes it kind of a gimmick, but I, I, don't, I don't find it to have the, the same flaws that that word usually imparts like it's got a very negative connotation to it um this feels yeah, like no, a, like a does. very developed idea rather than something that is just hastily thrown out because it's um different on the surface like most gimmicks well, it's, are it's it's funny you know when you do say yeah it's it's thought out it's funny because you know you watch the episode and uh you, you watch the credits and it's like teleplay by like 12 different people uh <laughs> <laughs> which is it's it's just really funny visually it covers the entire screen i did not uh, notice that up. but that is very good <laughs> it's funny yeah uh this this passed through a lot of people's hands and uh there was significant resistance to to getting it made um but yeah eventually it did yes it, i mean it's it's a good episode I, i'm not gonna take away from that it's well written it's for the most part it's entertaining but when when I when I say it feels like a gimmick, it's it's almost like, and it's hard to say this with Trek because this is so often not the case. But when you take an episode with such a such a a concept that is sort of the antithesis of how you usually write the show, mm -hmm. it should be a home run in terms of making an interesting episode. You know what I mean? It, it should be like, okay, we're kind of flipping the perspective on its head. How can we? Is there any way we can make this not interesting? You know, it, it it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like there really shouldn't have been an inordinate amount of effort to make this good. That's all. Yes, I can, I can agree with that. That probably to make this compelling, they didn't need to put in that much effort. But I also don't think that really that matters all that much when appraising the uh, the end result. Yeah, no, I I guess so. I guess so. It's it's kind of what you. It's I I don't know. You're you're right about that. I mean, in and of itself, it's not bad. I did have issues with the um how how close the alien civilization was to human society. Yeah, this it was a little too on the nose to, for me. This happens a lot where people are just not interested in being that imaginative with with this stuff, right? It's like, we need the audience to parse that this is a hospital. We need them to understand that Riker is 
undergoing some kind of surgery. So all of this just has to look very Earth-like. And because of that, the aliens can't be all that different from human beings. Um, Yeah. And and, and to a degree that has merit. Because we're not going to have the same kind of emotional reaction to let's say if the planet was populated by like weird slimy fish people right who, whose hospitals are made of the insides of organic whales or something uh, like we're not going to but at the same time we also have societies that are foreign enough but relatable like klingons where yes. it's like you can tell that they have a very different kind of society whereas this feels very much like contemporary america um i mean you watch it now and it's like they're seconds away from uh, from Krola, uh, you know, doing the Roman salute and saying, I love Donald Trump or something. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just a little too like it's and it's going to keep being that way. Like looking looking at it retroactively, it's it's very much like, oh, it, and, and they are kind of these people. A lot of it is told and not shown. Mm. And and the the reactionary side Krola and that that doctor that is obsessed with Riker um and wants to like kill him or whatever they're never shown to be sympathetic at all which bothered me no they're not but I I'm I'm still thinking about your last point and I'm wondering if the theme of you know these uh regressive people versus the uh the more progressive space interested crowd, if that theme can resonate or carry through in an actual alien society, right? Do, does there need to be a lot of um, similarities for the audience to to feel how this is pertinent to to their real life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and you know that's that's something that Trek has at its best and usually is really good at they they take these issues and they they kind of wrap them up in these these bizarre little fictional squabbles and stuff that that immediately don't look like the issues that we face in real life but but they mirror them Hmm. and they allow you to without biases without any kind of uh accumulated uh, thoughts, opinions, knowledge—they allow you to look at the, the the situation with a fresh lens, and I think that's that's why Trek is honestly like it's an important show because it forces you to examine yourself when it's good. Uh, yeah, I, I will <laughs> add that when it's good, it does that, and and I think that's another fault of this episode. When I say that they they show or they tell and they don't show by not showing, uh, you're projecting what these people are thinking based on your own contemporary issues. Like, okay, why do they not want to go to space? Why are they so obsessed with their own, their, their, their old ways of life, that kind of thing you're projecting. Oh, uh, you know, they must be like these people in America. You know what I mean? Cause we're not shown it. Um, I disagree with that and, a little uh, bit. Yeah. I think that the resistance to change is such a fundamental human trait that sure. it, that it transcends any one particular society. Um, of you're, course, you're right. You, you do relate it to human society, of course, but you don't need to have the touchstone of American politics to get 
anything out of this episode because it, this little drama is likely played out just about everywhere. Not necessarily with space travel, but um, with uh, with many different topics and ideas. You're right, but I think the issue is that, like I said, they're they're not foreign enough to us. They're so they're so close to contemporary American people. Yeah, that I, I think that I, I think the combination of the two kind of just doesn't work. I think there's a balance to be struck. If you make it too far in, the theme's not not going to carry through. And if you make it too um, well tread, then there's um, it doesn't it doesn't carry through as a sci-fi show. Um, mm-hmm. So, did they hit that balance as perfectly as they could? No, I don't think so. Does it work to the great detriment of the episode? I don't. I don't believe so either. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's not the end of the world or anything, but I think it is. It is something that kind of, you know, bothered me a little bit throughout the entire thing. Yeah. It, it felt a, a little undercooked. That's all. It it is a little annoying to just see people wearing normal business suits in a normal uh, room, doing something, <laughs> and then say, "Oh." And hand me my flaxor so I can sign this paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have these 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 dumb hands. Right, which, these by flippers. the way, how does a species with the digits like this even reach space? They can't even operate like a computer. Well, they they showed them using like big, obnoxious, unwieldy stamps because that's the only because they can't possibly <laughs> manipulate a writing utensil. Yeah, I think the hand thing was a dumb idea. We should have just stuck to to like face stuff uh, and that would have been fine i i i criticized the boring face stuff enough it's because you need to, <laughs> you need there's no winning here. you need some amount of other uh physical differences because specifically in this episode riker's like on that operating table and they're That's gradually true. discovering parts of <laughs> they're gradually discovering parts of his anatomy <laughs> <laughs> Just as an aside, um, there's one, this is like maybe the only thing I ever liked about Voyager. That's not true, but one of the few things. Um, they do a lot of the same stuff of like, okay, here's people with weird faces, which is even worse in the Delta Quadrant, because that's so far removed from humanity, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but one of the characters who is of a different species, they ha- they show like the plot devices that she's traveling through time of her own life and she travels back to her own birth and without much explanation it shows like her mother standing up and like gripping some um balance apparatus as the baby is born out of her back like okay which is just a, a weird and different enough idea that it it perfectly gets across like okay there's you know it's a different anatomy it's a different species whatever sure. it's like because where else you know you, you imagine like okay it's gonna tear up her badge but no it's it's <laughs> coming out of her back which is like cool that's that's what these things should be yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's 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 simple conceptually i mm. mean it, it shouldn't take that much that much effort to say like okay well let's change this little thing to to just you know drive home that these people aren't quite like us Right. You know, the aliens in this episode, I'd have an easier time getting along with them than I would someone in, like, the Middle East. 
Well, there is. So that's kind of what bothers me. They're specifically made to be palatable, just so that I know. You can oh, I draw know. Parallels, but um, I know. I you said a while ago that that with excuse me the one half of the the bait is not really shown to be reasonable, but the the leader who you are supposed to sympathize with and and root for, um, he specifically concedes a, a lot to them to that side of the no, crowd. No, no, see, I didn't say reasonable, I said sympathetic. Oh, fair enough. Okay, then I then I agree. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I you know I, I I see what you're saying and yeah, I, I think I think that's well done enough that that section of the the episode, but uh I think this episode would have benefited from Krola specifically not being a caricature. Because the message the message of the episode feels like uh we the smart ones and you know what to a degree this is true, but we're looking at this from like a like a very like American democratic liberal lens, which is what Star Trek tends to do. <clears throat> the message of the episode feels to me like we, the smart ones, uh need to protect these reactionaries from themselves. Yeah. And so we we will forego advancing as as we should to uh let these barbarians catch up which feels very one-sided and unlike trek to me um well i will say true. that that's in line with my image of trek fans <laughs> um movie bob twitter posts yeah. <laughs> i should have been in a flying car by now it's it's you ever notice this where like there's something that is almost a universally good thing in this case intelligence or or curiosity um and you have no bone in your body that could consider this bad but when there's so many people that just borderline fetishize it you can't help but start to resent the thing like when there's there's so many people that are like, oh my god, you know, it's intelligence is we the the best thing ever. We you know you should be studying and learning all the time and improving yourself. Okay, yeah, sure. And sure, it's like sure. great, but when you smug post about it on Twitter so much, I'm really sympathetic to the, to these just fucking idiots who don't even know what a book is. Oh, absolutely, yes, that's very true. That's very true because it it doesn't it comes from a it comes from a place of. Uh, you know, attempting to sort of wrestle this this idea of like superiority into into like your own in group or whatever, right? And it's uh it's it's brazen. That's the problem. It's like, dude. I mean, they they're full of themselves, and and the thing that they aspire to uh, is often not even something that they 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 have. Mm. You know what I mean? When we're talking about intelligence, a lot of the people, I mean, you know, this this is kind of like a like a trite observation, but the people who think they're the smartest often are pretty dumb. Right. Yes. And and, uh, and they'll they'll wield semantics to to kind of talk circles around people who are definitely too stupid to to contend with it. But uh you know, at the end of the day, like they they're, they're they're fooling themselves and and that's that's really i think what's so unpalatable about it is that 
they are so so wrapped up in themselves but they they seem to have they're they're willing to exert so much of themselves on everyone else too right I, so so they don't reflect on it this manifests in the thing we were talking about earlier these people that adopt a borderline imperialist attitude in the name of um I don't know their tolerance or whatever progress yeah yeah to yeah tolerance progress that kind of thing yeah Where it's like they they tout this this virtue so much but don't don't really seem to exhibit it right right so yeah just uh just annoying was it was that an aside or <laughs> well it, it came back to um your problem with this episode of how it uh is oh, oh preachy. Sure, yeah, yeah you're right yes you're right yeah from like a meta perspective it felt preachy right now which which i don't like in track it is a very preaching to the choir moment, so it's not um, it's not so out of place, right? If there's one series that's going to tout the virtue of scientific curiosity, it's going to be Star Trek. It's it's at least in line with the mission statement of the show, even if it is a little obnoxious. I suppose, notches. but I, I think I think other episodes have done a very good job of introducing a faction, you know, a given faction that is clearly thick-headed probably a little dumb um and you know from a, a liberal perspective and i i mean i mean liberal is like a not not like necessarily american liberal but from a western society sort of perspective they're they're outright wrong they're, they're just wrong um according to our principles but they they do a good job of making them sympathetic and uh worth listening to for the audience you know what uh, would have been a better take on this? What's that? Because I'm trying to re-envision this episode in a way that... As keep, we do. As we do. In a way that keeps its um, its its central theme of... Well, not its theme, but its conclusion of this race just ultimately deciding it's not ready. Um, while not dev devolving into some action spectacle bullshit. Because that's not really sure. what this episode is about either. But um, imagine that most people on this planet are curious or, or excited for space travel. And it's it's their over-eagerness or their excitement that gets them into some kind of uh, negative consequence. Like maybe um, a spaceship explodes or they, they cause an incident with another species or something. And at the end, when they're talking about continuing first contact, the leader's like, well, my people are, uh, they're, they're over eager right now. They, we just, it, it's causing problems. We need to simmer down a bit. I don't know, something where it's not, it, it keeps that the, the leader decides that they're not ready without mm -hmm. just talking down to people that they don't view as intelligent as they are. Yeah, I mean that's that's not a bad idea um at all. And it made me think about kind of the episode in general here where uh so the main conceit of the conflict between these two factions is yes, there are some domestic things that this chancellor seems to be doing that are very progressive and maybe unpopular with certain people. But why would space travel be the the thing that ignites this sort of political domestic conflict you know what i mean right why, why in in what in what situation would you find 
for example, let's take the obvious parallel of American liberals and conservatives, Democrats and Republicans. In what situation would you find Republicans saying, well, space travel is too progressive? Yeah, it. I mean, maybe if there was like something attached to that, like that was disseminated, you know, in terms of like Fox News or something that's like, oh, like uh, these these liberal billionaires want to colonize space or whatever. Something that's like not the point. Right. I get that. But that's not established. That's like way too down the line in terms of like things for a 40 minute Star Trek episode. That's stupid. It, it's kind so, of funny because yeah. in recent years that has reversed itself. Uh, mm -hmm. space travel is no longer the progressive thing it's it's now the um the interest of people with too much money and clearly that money spent on space travel should be spent on uh fixing problems in in our society sure. that's that's sure. like the common um viewpoint now where people leaning to the left view it as something done with excess while there are people yeah, yeah, with not exactly. enough yeah and I may be speaking out of turn here, but I hold on, wait, think uh, there was... oh, I hit the chess clock. <laughs> it's your turn now. <laughs> I don't think there was any kind of uh, conservative backlash to, you know, when our space pr program was going strong. Was there any conservative backlash to this idea of expanding out into space? It doesn't make any sense. Maybe some fringe groups, but. It just doesn't make any logical sense that a reactionary would say uh, expanding our influence to outer space is ruining society. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a I don't know if I want to say a straw man, but it's a not it's it's it, 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 yeah, thing, things are things are being kind of mixed up here. Like it's it's an issue like for the convenience of the episode that's being mixed up in a bunch of supposedly domestic political decisions by this chancellor, but it's not the thing. It doesn't make any sense that it is the thing. It's kind of silly to me, and I I may not be thinking straight. I, I, can you think? Can you think of a situation where this this makes sense? No, I cannot. And I would love if someone could, because maybe we're missing something. Because this is the hardest I've thought about an episode ever, but uh, yeah, it's it's it 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 all comes off as just very very like just convenient for the episode. So yeah, maybe I do like your idea more. I agree. It is it is it is something of convenience, um, but I think that the when you remove that element of um, contrivance to it, just there's a society, they encounter aliens, they are divided on what to do about it, is um, a pretty compelling idea. I was just thinking, you know what would be good, and well, maybe may good, an idea, and something that, you know, is, is a very common sort of idea that's, that's, that, that we've, we've dealt with historically, is maybe this planet thinks they're uh, they 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 have some kind of holy claim to the universe or something, uh -huh. and they're the only being you know like Christians do, or something <laughs> where they're they're the only beings in the universe because they're special because their God made them that way. And then, you know, this this small circle of the Chancellor's ministers uh, comes into contact with with 
the Federation, the, the, the bridge crew here. And, you know, half of them are like, this is going to completely rip apart our planet's society because everyone believes that we're the only people here, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, th- that's just another avenue you could go down, and that's that's a completely reactionary thing, and it's exactly what what Krola was acting on. But in this episode, we don't know what Krola was acting on because all he says is our way of life. Right. It's it's, it's at odds with our way of what what way of life? So so not basi- being in space. Basically, I mean- basically, <laughs> basically the the way the episode plays out isn't really all that problematic. You, you just want a better. Um, framing device yeah, for exactly for all the their actions yes yeah yeah which is maybe a trite complaint i mean we've we've spent we spent a lot of time on this very small kind of again framing device but it is something that bothered me through the whole thing so yeah, i don't I, know i buy that complaint um it's a little annoying when i guess the primary antagonist of the episode you're just you don't really understand why they're doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, if you're going to make the complaint about it being a pretty hollow stand-in for certain people in real life, um, giving them a, a clearer motivation uh, helps distinguish them from just being a, a facsimile of, of, of real people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like they... They can be a facsimile to a degree, but just get the story straight. Because there, there's, I mean, there's, there's value in, in opposing arguments, no matter how, um, how base they are in ing- ignorance, I guess. Because you know, it gives you a chance to kind of explore why people think that way, and and maybe how you can respond to it. And I th- again, that's what that's what Trek at its best does. So. It's just a missed, missed opportunity in this episode to kind of wrap it all up in a nice bow. Really, I I think. Yeah. But, but like you said, the way the episode progresses has very little to actually do with that to a pretty large degree. Let me ask you this: um, put this one in the arena with the last first contact episode. Uh, who watches the Watchers? And Oof. what do you think? Ooh, who watches the Watchers a million times better? No way. I think so. I mean, I like who watches the Watchers a lot, a lot, but I think this episode's better. And what I think about when um, uh, when I compare these two is the different reactions, or the different way the scenes are written when each of the, I guess the aliens, are brought onto the Enterprise, where it's um, that guy from Twin yeah. Peaks' his daughter... Or uh, the the Chancellor and his, one of his aides in this episode. I, I like those scenes in this episode a lot more. The whole um, Picard God stuff was a little awkward, but not really all that compelling. Watching it, where you have what's her face okay. kind of like bowing down and Picard like, "No, this is science. I we made tools." <laughs> Yeah, all right. I mean, there, there's elements of this that I guess are more compelling. Uh, but I, I think Who Watches the Watchers had maybe a little more to say, and, and it wasn't exactly novel. It had a better soundtrack. I'll tell you that. 
Did this did this episode even have a soundtrack? Probably not. I think it was just distant whirring of machines. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I think I think who watches the watchers is um. I, I don't know. I think more consistent unto itself, but I I I was being hyperbolic when I said it was a million times better. I think it's better, but not necessarily like that much better. A hundred thousand. It has times its own better. problems. Yeah, yeah, only a hundred things. No, it it has its own problems, and I'm sure if I go back and listen to what we talked about, I'll as you often do opinions of it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to new or old episodes every day, but uh, I I think I look more favorably upon that episode than this one. I mean, it's difficult to feeling to take a has to have a big problem with that opinion, um, just because it's a really strong episode, but. I personally fall the other way. All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it, without without sitting here and hashing this out for another half hour. I don't know if we could actually pinpoint why we both feel that way. I uh, and honestly, I would have to rewatch it. You know, if if I'm going to pit two episodes against each other, so uh, I wouldn't say it's like I wouldn't say who watches the Watchers is like a I don't know like that much better. I guess, when it comes down to it. Who contacts the contactors? <laughs> um, should we uh, get into our, our typical chronological uh, fucking thing? I mean, I guess. We kind of... We, we really went deep this time. <laughs> we did. We did. That's, that's unusual. It is. Uh, it's all the pent-up... Um, sexual frustration from not doing the show i like how you landed on sexuals (laughs) really had to think for that extra second (laughs) oh shit all right um okay uh first contact it starts on the planet yeah, in the That's operating on the room with Riker. Yeah, yeah. In he, our... he was he was in the uh, caught up in a protest, right? And um, injured and brought to a hospital. Someone kicked his ass real bad. Right, Riker was what was he shouting like I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, so immediately yeah, we see Frakes yeah. at the epicenter of, yeah. of all this, which was not unintentional one might say it was intentional um this whole episode started from the 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 idea because frakes was griping a lot on the set he felt that he wasn't getting enough attention that Riker wasn't getting enough attention so Mm -hmm. to you know ameliorate him we wrote Riker to be the center of the conflict here um which was great because it works for all of three seconds and then frakes is kept bitching about uh how he yeah. wasn't wasn't getting enough, <laughs> and uh, yep, yep. <laughs> legends of that spread throughout the industry. Jonathan Frakes, diva mode, constantly asking for more and more with his big head. Ultimately, it went on to serve as inspiration for um, Andy Richter's show. I don't know if you remember this show it was on Fox. Um, Andy Richter controls the universe. Andy Richter controls. Yeah, vaguely, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So Frakes. Yeah. Frakes brought us more than than he bargained for and more than i ever sure. knew 
So, 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 what was that? It was kind of like a, uh, an inspired by the life of Jonathan Frakes kind of thing. That's written um, underneath the logo. If you oh, go no check kidding. it out, yeah. Um, so it was like that uh, that that Jason Alexander Tony Kornheiser show, right? And most of the time, like a comedian will have a show based on their stand up, like the Bernie Mac show, because all his stand up is just about you know abusing his his nephews. Um, <laughs> And, but in this case, you know, no, it was based on Jonathan Frakes uh, on the set of the Star Trek: The Next Generation. That's really, you know, Jonathan Frakes. You know, he's he's had a lot of influence on on the greater industry in, in ways that you wouldn't expect. Right. He certainly influenced me. I, uh, well, I mean, you check our pantry. How many onion bagels are in there on any given day? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. One might call him an influencer. Right. Right. Um, or an influenza. Just can't get rid of him. <laughs> uh, one thing that really uh, bugged me about this scene was it was, all the insects? Uh, <laughs> 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 Fuck you. Uh, it was um, that the Enterprise seems to have made no effort to actually get a story straight if if Riker ended up in the hospital or like captured or something. Yeah, you know did. what I mean cuz cuz he's like he's like uh it's first of all he's like okay it's it's a birth defect. Uh my my local doctor would know more about it. Uh actually she's on sabbatical. Can't we get something? Couldn't they have done something? There's clearly other um people, agents down there. One of them could have just been his doctor. Right, like, <laughs> right. Why wouldn't you give him like right? Because yeah, he should have. He does have a team, right? Yeah. Because they say they've been down there for. Oh, I, I just hit my microphone. They say they. I was gesticulating too wildly. <laughs> they say he, they've been down there for years. Right. So and Riker clearly hasn't, unless we've time skipped. So he must have a team. And and you know that raises the question: Why is Riker down there to begin with? But if if someone was already there. But anyway. Um, yeah, you would think you would kind of give these people roles that would be important to, okay, if one of you gets uh, captured, then the others can cover for you. It's very, very short-sighted and silly, and that would definitely never happen. Right. It would never happen. They explicitly say just how much effort and preparation goes into these first contact affairs. So <laughs> yeah. either that or they're just really bad at their job. <laughs> that could be. <laughs> Riker may just be a dumbass. So no one asked him, Riker, why did you join a protest? Yeah. <laughs> He's protesting trans rights. <laughs> <laughs> Riker couldn't help himself. Oh god. Now here's uh, the question. Do they have yeah, well, I, let's not get never mind. <laughs> 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 was that going to be racist or transphobic well yeah, um, throw the dart at the dartboard <laughs> um, yeah and, and, and immediately another thing that bugs me a lot of things bug me about this episode another thing that bugged me was uh, you know let's say you're a doctor alright easy for me to imagine because I am a doctor right you're very smart. Yes. Um, you're a doctor. Some guy comes in, injured. Um, 
you know, he has like webbed toes and like three fingers on each hand. And uh, maybe his skull is caved in a little bit or something. He's just deformed. Right. You're going to turn to your coworker and be like, this guy's a fucking alien. Yeah, it's a little contrived how fast they get to that conclusion. I mean, there is a little it's... more to it because they're like, oh, his, um, he's missing his, his fifth oh, stomach. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever absurd line <laughs> they wrote. They're cows now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's a little more to it. I don't know if that guy was privy to that, though, was he? Did you know that um, nobody on the planet had their universal translators? Ooh. Really makes you think. They all speak English. <laughs> they all uh, they all get the New Yorker delivered to them. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, really stupid. It's really it's it's just it, it, we're jumping in head first for no reason here. If because he's what the second in command, this guy that's obsessed with Riker being an alien. Yes, he's not the lead doctor. Right. If if I was the 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 head doctor there, um, played by the great George Hearn, by the way, right um, um, after which the hernia is named. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he may not have been a doctor in real life, but uh, he he did have influence over the the, the medical field for sure. Uh, the 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 first man to have his balls shoot out of his mouth. <laughs> Um, if I was him, I would be like, "Dude, you're fucking crazy! Like, go go home." I'd like suspend him. Some guy starts ranting about aliens. We're medical professionals here. Yeah, yeah. Trust the science. Well, now of so, course yeah. he ended up being right. Riker is a filthy and alien. He did. He did. Um. We, we we also uh, before we leave this hospital scene, we got a nice little matte painting, another another painting from Matt of the uh, the hospital and its surrounding buildings. It's very very pretty, I like it, I like it a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, th then then what happens? The uh, the 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 doctor says the head doctor's like, all right, you know, we're not gonna uh, jump to any conclusions. You know, we're gonna do research and stuff and see what's going on here. And then we cut to. What? Um, hmm, it's either the Enterprise or the, the <laughs> or the planet <laughs> <laughs> or the like the government group. You know, whatever those those top advisors are. Oh yeah, are. yeah. It's it, it's probably is the yeah. It's definitely the government group because that's that's where we're we're introduced to. Yeah. Uh, they're and to, uh, they're having this conversation where the woman's like, "Oh, uh, President, we've just found a." new type of space coal that will give us unlimited energy we just need to go to space to get it and then the other guys is like oh we can never go to space we'll make do with our earth coal that is drying up and there's no reason to go to space and and yeah, then yeah. the president's yeah. like now now both of you let's just calm down <laughs> yeah we got um yeah, we're introduced to Krola, um, played by Michael Ensign, who the Ensigns are actually named after. Uh, funny enough. Indeed. Um, we have uh, Yale, 
Morasta Yale, played by Carolyn Seymour. A lot of a lot of prolific TV actors here, and we got uh, we got George Coe playing Durkin, uh, which I did want to point out because <clears throat> just as an interesting little bit of trivia, you can kind of peer behind the curtains for the for the audience here. Um, if you ever come across an old script for this episode, and I don't know I don't know if they even still exist. They, they probably don't. But, well, you know, um, paper has a half life of only seven years. Ah, uh, is that true? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in 14 years, any, you know, that's, your paper's gone. You'll, you'll only have a quarter left. Right. Right. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> that's just math. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if, I, I doubt any of them are going to come out. I, they're probably all gone. It's, it's one episode. They, they don't really pop up too often, but, um, the, the, the first couple drafts of the script, uh, Durkin, the the chancellor his name uh was actually evil duncan mm. uh instead of durkin which was part of a collaboration with um sponsor duncan donuts of course um and i mean this this really didn't last too long negotiations fell through pretty quickly because the uh the producers put their i guess collective foot down on picard being contractually obligated to order uh and this is verbatim a medium duncan donuts coffee from the replicator uh, in lieu of his actual, you know, normal Earl Earl Grey. Um, it, it's a shame that got cut, too, because that would have given us the only planned Data scene for the episode, where Data is spending some time trying to fit the munchkins back into the holes of the donuts. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, that was um, that was a consideration. We don't get... I, I, think, I think that was the point where Data was kind of cut from this episode in general. Right. Um... We, we kind of, I mean, that was the only subplot with him that really made it to even close to the final stages of the script. Mm. But, um, yeah, so, you know, the, the, the producers, they, 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 they did not, they did not want him ordering a, 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 a Dunkin' Donuts coffee for whatever reason. Um, which I don't really get. Um, we have Earl Grey tea in real life. We have Dunkin' Donuts coffee. What's, right, right, what's right. the hang-up here? They're, they're, they're both, you know, subcategories of the drink. I'm not really sure. Right. But uh, Coffee, Dunkin' Donuts, hot, medium. Right, right. Yeah, there you go. See, see? It works. I mean, why can't Dunkin' Donuts exist in the far future? Yeah. Socialist Dunkin' Donuts. I, I, uh, we're never going to get the soundbite of Worf saying Enterprise runs on Dunkin', which, <laughs> which is a shame. <laughs> The Enterprise runs on Dunkin'. <laughs> or Data saying, time to make the donuts. Yeah. Just... So. I, I subscribe to the many worlds theory just so that this world exists somewhere. The uh, the Enterprise will have, like... <clears throat> it's, it's like a fucking racing car with, like, Dunkin' Donuts just, like, plastered across the side of it. Yeah, that and Wells Fargo. <laughs> this is Captain Picard of the USS Enterprise, sponsored by Wells Fargo and Dunkin' Donuts. Alright. <laughs> Commander Riker, I want you to lead in the way team. Go use the Wells Fargo transporters. <laughs> um 
we, we're we're very very quickly developing a capitalist version of Star Trek now. I'm into it. <laughs> and a, a whole episode where Worf finds out he's paid less than the other bridge members. <laughs> Ready on Liberty Insurance tricorders. <laughs> I love it. It's like a Mel Brooks bit. It wouldn't get past <laughs> like five minutes. It would, get, it would just get annoying. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's Spaceballs in its entirety. <laughs> Um, Spaceballs starring Tuvok. I'm gonna bring that up every that's, time. That's that's true. Yeah, it was it was definitely starring Tuvok. <laughs> There's no other way to describe his involvement with the film. <laughs> uh, it, this episode just it, it it picks up pretty quickly though, because um, Picard and Troy beam down like right after this, right? They beam down and talk to um, Yale. Um, still there i'm thinking what is yale yale's the, the, the scientist woman okay yeah so yeah. yes they they beam down it's kind of, i like this moment i thought it was cool it's um maybe it's a little hackneyed or or um not subtle but the whole okay this person has been pining for space travel their whole life they encounter aliens they go onto the ship i thought mm -hmm. that that had a a nice emotional feeling to it, just wonderment. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I mean, yeah, there's, it's, it's good, it's good. Uh, it didn't make me feel anything, but it's, it's good. Something wrong with it. Uh, but it's yeah, good. so they, they, they do take her onto the ship. They take her onto the ship. Um, this is like the third time Picard's taken some woman onto his ship. Okay. From a, like a first contact situation. Was there any other one besides watching Watchers? There was definitely one more, and I forget what it was. You know, I think you're right. But there, there was one more. Did that happen in the most toys? Nah, that didn't happen in the most toys. Nah, I forget. There was definitely one more. Um. But yeah, this this time we're dealing with something completely different because she's the the the, the woman in question. She's a scientist. She's smart. She's uh, she knows that something exists out there, basically, and this is her confirmation that it does. Uh, so it's it's a little bit different dynamic. She's also got like and a weird lisp. She does this weird thing with her mouth. Yeah, I don't know if that's the fault of the prosthetic. I made it a rule to never talk to the guests without their prosthetics on, um, lest it shatter my illusion. Of Sure, 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 disbelief. So I'm at not the, sure. At that point, Star Trek would cease being real. Right. I would wake up in a hospital bed somewhere um, after my With coma. Three fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, nurse, can you put on Star Trek? Star Trek? What's that? <laughs> no. Yeah, so so there is a different dynamic here. They take her on the ship. They take her to, they take her to ten forward, which is suspiciously empty, isn't it? Right. It's more like zero forward by that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure a lot of viewers noticed this. Um, 
the the scene was supposed to, I mean, it was supposed to be a normal 10 forward scene, lots of extras in the background, that kind of thing. The issue was that day, basically at that moment, <clears throat> minutes before we were filming this, there was uh, there was an explosion on deck nine that forced us to evacuate all uh, all non-essential personnel. So we ended up, you know, just with the skeleton crew, basically. And uh, if I remember, you were evacuated, weren't you, Mitch? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, deemed important enough to get to safety. Um, <laughs> luckily, well, you know, so, so, so some of us have to take responsibility and, you know, well, provide it, our services to the crew that, that are left. It was lucky that we filmed this around Halloween to allow the skeleton crew to be appropriate for the situation. <laughs> Uh, all right so they're like oh we need your help to rescue our commander Riker and our commander Riker (laughs) and she's like help to rescue my commander Riker of course my liege yeah, I'm sure my leader will will help, but there's this other guy. We we I don't know why we keep him around, but he's there and he's right. not gonna like this. And uh, Picard says, "Leave him to me," and then he ties his bandana around his head. Yeah, yeah, that is cuts the sleeves yeah. off his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's absolutely what Patrick Stewart wanted. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had a big problem with the tone of uh, the episode overall. Yeah. What did he say? It was it was so gay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. You might have called it faggy for a minute. Right. Well, pa- um, Patrick and the producers, for once in their life, they saw eye to eye, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> we need it." In- this society, this alien society, has to be edgy. It's the '90s now. Uh, gritty, dark, edgy, and mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. violence, more ass kicking. Um, I think Patrick was the one who invoked Kirk. Like, oh, Kirk would kick their ass himself. Sure. And uh, I still think to this day he's never seen this episode again because of how gay it is. Right, yeah, no, yeah. It's. I mean, I guess it is pretty gay when you think about it. Yeah. Now, we did What's cut all, that all one that scene of... Um, well, I guess it's the scene's the same, but initially the nurse that goes in to flirt with Riker was a man. Which, I, I mean, I get it. A little gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little gay. I mean, we, we, we did eventually make good on that and, and uh, have Riker have sex with a non-binary. Okay, here's the thing. You know this. You know this. We... Production of that episode was held up for days because we couldn't reach a conclusion on whether or not it was gay. Sure, yeah, yeah. So don't act yeah. like it's just water under the bridge, <laughs> simple thing that we did. This was a very no, I'm difficult not it was simple. I'm not saying it was simple. I'm not saying that. But we did we did get there. Eventually. Eventually. And it is gay. Yes, obviously. We just we just we just don't want to say it. Right. They, or they don't want to say it. Yeah, I remember Will was very much in the uh not gay camp. And we all know how that turned out. Uh, absolutely <laughs> anyway coming back to this episode which is also not gay kind of gay but um, mostly not gay mostly not gay uh, then they bring the chancellor aboard right 
president. Sure. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. And the fish is there. Yes. To welcome him. Mm Mm-hmm. To the uh, Enterprise D. This is also a good scene. I like the interactions of Picard and the Chancellor. I like how the Chancellor's written as this um, intelligent but very, very cagey guy. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's like, he's he's written very well. It's like a normal, like, it's how someone would react. Right. Uh, someone, someone who's, you know, curious, but has responsibility to an entire planet of people, I guess. Right. Which... And- yeah, I, I I do need to point out this is this is a pre <clears throat> spacefaring civilization that seems to be ruled by one person, <laughs> the entire planet. Well, New World Order. <laughs> it seems a little bit. I guess we won't get into it, but I, I'm surprised you know. that the One World government is such a conspiracy. It's treated as such a conspiracy theory um, where it's like, A, there's people like, oh, they're plotting to merge all the countries and and uh, this is a terrible thing. And B, uh, people treat that thought that there could ever be a one world government as just an insane thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, neither of those makes sense. It's just probably eventually the world is going to coalesce into one uh one union well yeah i mean no what's what's going to happen is there's going to be a mcdonald's on every block of every city of every country and the corporations are going to rule everything and everything's going to be homogenized well okay we we kind of missed the opportunity to have this discussion on the podcast but we can do it um i think that this ties into what we were talking about about the potential for a um, a post-labor society. And I think okay. that, because I'm of the opinion that a post-labor society is the logical endpoint for the, uh, the combination of the progress of technology and the stagnation or increase of the population. Um, there's just not going to be enough jobs for the amount of people there are, and there's the, you got to do something about it. So some kind of UBI or whatever. But in any case, I think that the proliferation of corporations uh, ties into that very neatly. Um, in that they... The reason that things get so automated, that that happens as a corporation grows. Because whoever's providing that technology is going to... Um, uh, profit from it and that will lead to their increased presence in the world you know so i i don't see that as a necessary i don't know evil thing it's just more logical to me than it is sinister <clears throat> oh, say, say that again so corporations are so corporations right yeah i'm of the opinion that a lot of jobs will be automated Sure. Which we're seeing that right now. And because those jobs are getting automated and those companies are becoming more efficient, whatever uh, companies are are automating their jobs, that's going to lead to their growth. They don't have to pay money on workers, on insurance, 
They're going to have okay. increased output, which means that they're going to proliferate. And you're talking about a world where corporations are everywhere, right? On every street corner. They... Well, yeah, and they will be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my point is, is that I don't see that as an evil or nefarious thing, but rather just where things are headed naturally. Like you would need to intervene well, no, to stop that future. That that future. It's absolutely nefarious because the the, the corporations are beholden to either profit or or stock, and so they're only going to do so much uh, in terms of keeping people on in the absence or, or in in the wake of kind of this this automation thing. They're only going to keep people on in so far as they need them, which makes sense. And yeah. then what? It's up to the government to create some kind of UBI thing. Yeah. But uh, there's – it's never going to happen because just logistically – and I, it, let's say it does happen. I mean people are going to get the bare, bare minimum. And the more things we automate, the less things that especially unskilled people will have to do to supplement that. Uh, I mean, it, Like it, – Okay. No one's going to be generous with this kind of thing. Here's the thing. Skills are already an outdated concept. Um, having a skill, and that being uh, profitable and worthwhile for society, is is an old way of thinking. Um, at least, for, barring a very, very specific subset of skills that gel with whatever the current technology is. But skills will be outmoded by the dozen like by and large and again this is just the the logical conclusion of the the proliferation of technology well of course it is i mean it's the logical conclusion and yes logically skills are going to be outmoded but they're not going to be outmoded in terms of you know base human desire emotion or need for uh, a place in society and i think i think you know, Frank Herbert touches on this in terms of, I mean, it's it's the lore for his little Dune book, where eventually people just for completely they completely forsake technology altogether because it's it 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 goes it goes completely counter to the way that we interact with each other and the world. I mean, it doesn't make sense for us. We're we're not equipped to deal with it. It's too fast. I don't know if I necessarily value the... Um, that sounds rude, but... I don't know if I necessarily value the the viewpoint on uh, the human capability to interface with each other through technology from however many decades ago. <clears throat> because the landscape well, this of... This is still contemporary history. I mean, people people have... You look at, you look at the things people said 40 years ago. And you'll find plenty of people who you'll say, wow, they were ahead of their time. But they weren't, because the same issues were still creeping. They, they've been creeping up for, geez, half a century, probably more. I don't they to, have been. I mean, it's like... To, to me, it veers too closely to the, the cartoons of uh, people playing Pokemon Go on their phones. And, and, like, everything's gray around them. Like, whatever. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, that's that's like fear mongering to a certain degree, but it is also, it's, it's not <clears throat> the thing that bothers you about those. I think is not the message, but the people who are giving you the message. They're 
No, no, I, I think the message is, is just bad. I I think that it's it's human nature. I don't really blame these people for having this opinion, but it's human nature to, whenever you see something new, to think, how does my old way of doing things fit into this? And if it's incompatible, you just, you, you retch at it because you don't like change, and that's fine. That's every, definitely that, Everybody feels that way. But I think, yeah, yeah. People everywhere, on any age bracket, any side of the political spectrum, are just not good and not interested in um, trying to think about the next step, where maybe the thing that you knew just doesn't exist or is fundamentally different. But what what can what good can you wring out of what it's going to become? Like we see. Talking about boomers with the cell phones, talk about the young people with things like NFTs. Like that technology was used for really stupid, benign things, like like the the, the pictures of, of monkeys or whatever. Sure. But the technology to authenticate a digital idea is only something that's going to become more useful in the future. And instead, you're, you're right. Instead of thinking about what life will be like when that's possible and what can you do with that. People just saw their life before it, said, this is useless. I don't need it. It's dumb. And you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I, yeah, I, I want to, I want to just respond to that before your multiple points get lost on me here, but you're absolutely right. And, and the NFT thing is something that I've been very vocal about. It's, it's bothered me for a very long time. The problem is when, when I get bothered by the NFT thing, it's more of a, practical thing and i think that's how you're approaching this of course but the the nft thing it's more about these people are stupid for um immediately sort of uh hand waving away this technology that could be making them money if if they weren't so short-sighted that that bothered me about that now i don't think nfts as a technology are going to do anything great for the um for humanity in general. And I think that there's, there's this thing where it's like, yes, people are very bad at, uh, I mean, at a certain point in your life, you know, thirties, forties, you're stuck in your ways already. And when new things show up, either ignore them or if they become popular, you get mad at them. Right. And there's a lot of the times where that is completely benign and the older people are wrong. They're just reactionary. But when you look at something like, I mean, if, if you if you subscribe to that way of thought that older people are always um, reactionary for no reason, I think you start missing things like like cell phones, where it's like when you you know you have the smartphone. We were just talking about it today. You know, uh, uh, kids, uh, even millennials, um, are they they don't interact with each other in the way that normal people do. And, and and they're they're they are glued to their phones and it's it's not it's not about the phone it's about the the infrastructure that the phone allows access to but it's still a technology that is crippling um people in a way that they're not prepared to be crippled well okay in terms of so you know social th this is my larger point because it's not just that it's not about nfts in particular it's not about cell phones in particular it's about the way of thinking to divorce yourself from the standards of an outmoded time um, or the, the environments of an outmoded time. 
people, the thing, the thing is, people, because I thing agree is, with you, every people, decades, people become with, outmoded. Yeah, exactly. People with cell phones who don't learn some communication skills would probably not fare so well um, communicating with people 50 or 70 years ago. But the thing is that they don't have to do that. They don't have to communicate with people from that time frame. They're not, the skills that they're missing are not relevant skills. You and I probably would do really bad at heating our homes with a, with a, with a wood furnace because we don't have a lot of experience, you know, chopping trees and collecting wood and stocking those things and all the preparation that you need to do. But that's not a skill that I need to have in, in the world in which I live. But it's so, not about, it's not so about I'm practicality. Not, I'm not going to moan the death of the skill of, of, of stocking a furnace because it's not relevant anymore. I'm not going to moan the skill of face-to-face -face communication if the world evolves into a place where that's a redundant skill. Um, looking forward like no, no, that... You just said it. Redundant. It's not about practicality because redundancies then make people useless. Then, then why attach a value to the skill aside from uh, practicality? Because you're, you're, uh, you're using emotionally charged language like, no, no, no. It's not emotionally charged. No, no. I, it's okay, not that was the wrong way to put it. I don't mean you're using language that has connotations to it, which is fine. But I want to know what, where, where that's being derived from. To say that they don't are, um, I, I wish I could remember the exact word that you used. But when talking about this communication skill, um, uh, brought conversation brought up because of cell phones. What? intrinsically makes that a skill worth having if not for its practicality so what intrinsically makes it a skill worth having in terms in terms of what communication or, or, or sure or that's community that's, building or that's it's the... it's people people are unprepared to be part of an international community i mean, in, in the way that we're allowing them access to and I think it's demonstrable. People are depressed at levels that they've never been. People are killing themselves. I mean, it's it's the issue is and look, frankly, I mean, I can see why people are unhappy. I mean, people don't have a place. You don't talk to your neighbors anymore. It's it's and that's not like that's not an emotional argument. It's it's an argument that people are not equipped to to deal with communities as big as we've made them it, it makes them depressed it makes them feel useless and and look we're only as good as look you and i are i'm not gonna say like we're fucking geniuses or whatever but i say i'm a genius all the time we're 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 smart people insofar as like first of all we can even talk about this kind of thing but we can make value judgments on abstract things and a lot of people cannot do that and in terms of a society if you're going to live in a society which we all do and some of them are better than others but if you're going to live in a society your society is only going to be as good and this isn't like a platitude or anything it's true your society is only going to be as good as your stupidest and weakest people mm. so when yeah when when we have things automated to a degree that gee like 50 percent of the population feels like that they're they're useless well you know what are they going to turn to they're going to turn to terrorism um fucking uh, just lazy pure laziness trying to scan the system i mean just anything they can do to screw over 
everyone else, which they, I mean, not that they should, but it's understandable. And it's demonstrably what happens throughout history when, and especially men, young men, when young men are, you know, um, replaced by whatever technology or political system or whatever, and they're on the sort of outside looking in, things start to get dangerous. And, uh, I guess, I guess my, my argument as a whole is that although UBI and automation is the logical conclusion, it's never going to be the actual one because people aren't emotionally fulfilled by it. And, and there's a reason for that. We're not coded to be like everything, like we've progressed so quickly that we haven't caught up evolutionarily. That's all. And I, I agree with that, but my, my point is that on a large enough time frame, long enough time frame, um, people will catch up to that. To think about, well, yeah, the... I mean, if we if we exist for another few million years, yeah, sure, right. And I I recognize how that might sound um, irrelevant to having a constructive conversation, but that kind of that way of thinking is really what I'm trying to advocate here when talking about the future when talking about uh, the role of technology when talking about um anything that's that's a type of disruptive change to not just view it through a lens of of however things used to be but to think on a long enough time frame is this going to become part of the the the, the tapestry of the human existence and all of these things are that's just that's just how the world works I think I think there's a practical limit to how far in the future you can expect even intelligent people to to project themselves into. And look, I mean, yes. progress isn't progress isn't a linear thing. I mean, you look at ancient civilizations and they had technologies that were destroyed and wouldn't have been found again for another 1500 years. So it's it's not unthinkable that at some point, all of this is going to come crashing down on us, and we're going to have to start again. Not from zero, but from something less than what we have now. And I mean, it is going to happen at some point. So it's like, I think it's it's a lot more practical to to think about how can we coexist with what we have now and also make things uh, not only fulfilling for everyone, but also more tolerable for the people who are and 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 not to help them like more, more tolerable for the people who are lower on the chain here not to help them but to help us to help everyone because once they're uplifted everyone gets to be i mean you you you, you do away with um wanton violence and again terrorism and all that crazy stuff that people do when they feel like they're backed against the wall which a lot of people are so I, I just think like practically it, it doesn't make any sense to 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 think like automation is going to save us that's all i i don't you know you know what i mean yeah i don't think it's a saving situation i try to again that's that's a word that has a pretty positive connotation saving and i, I try to stray away from that when talking about these things but i certainly agree that the type of conversation i'm advocating for is is purely theoretical um it's not useful. It's not practical. Um, but when discussing technology, society, I prefer to do so in a theoretical way. 
because projecting as far forward as I do, as I like to, it is not not going to be practical. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't vote. <laughs> Star Trek: The Next Generation. First Contact. You know, there's a film called First Contact. Oh, is there? Yeah, Star Trek film. Um, which sure, that, there's a film called Contact. Uh, there's a fish song called Contact. Oh. Anyway, the that film came about long after this episode, and the original idea back when David Lynch was attached to direct was to the script mm. would be the first half would be this episode, and then the second half would be this episode played exactly in reverse. And it was a bit avant-garde. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't, how, how did you learn this? I have connections. Yeah? Yeah. You holding out on me? Well, if I gave you everything, this podcast would be redundant now, wouldn't it? I, I guess it would. We'd be. both show up with exactly <laughs> the same stories. We, we, we'd have to automate the podcast. Which, as we learned, is a good and logical thing. We we will send it through Chat G- GPT. Do you think Chat GPT knows about the Ready Room? Uh, I can maybe try to teach it. There you go. Yeah, that... Anytime the conversation veers into uncomfortable territory, it just says, uh, "I I am a a learning based AI. I cannot answer your question." That kind of thing. It's very very frustrating. That's that sounds a lot like talking to a Star Trek fan. All right, look, we're only in the middle of the episode. Um, Picard talks to the Chancellor in his in his ready room. There's a fish. He breaks out his brother's wine, which is cool. Right. Call nice, back. nice little callback. Callback. Ooh, callback. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, they, they talk about, you know, what are the, 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 the Chancellor, like you said, he's, he's um, understandably not very trustful of Picard. Uh, Picard flexes his diplomacy skills. It's a very realistic and uh, nice little conversation. It's intriguing. It's nice. Um, the uh, the scene ends though with with something that really bugs me about another thing that bugs me about this episode. Mm-hmm. That's like what number five. Um, Top five things a... that bugged me about this episode. <laughs> It, uh, it introduces a plot hole that, uh, I don't know what happened. If this was part of an old script, if, I don't know, something got cut. I honestly do not know what happened here. But there is an exchange at the end of the scene where Durkin, he, he laments that Picard has demoted him from Chancellor to just uh, a, a member of a musical ensemble. Right. Right. And this is despite his immediate return to Chancellor duties in the next scene. So, I mean, we, we never we never saw the, the 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 chorus that Durkin supposedly belongs to, or was active in, or that you know Picard um, kind of dispatched him to. I think that the idea is Picard has that kind of rule on the Enterprise, um, oh. but back on the planet, Picard oh. he, he doesn't affect those things. I see. I see. So, so, okay. So, I guess he participated on the Enterprise and then returned. Right. You know how the Enterprise okay. has those musical performances. 
Sure, sure, sure. You know, maybe Data was there on his violin. Exactly, exactly. Um, Another musical connection, the line from that scene, I think it was a good day, went on to inspire the beloved Ice Cube song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good old Cube and his NWA buddies were uh, on the set that day. Um, Mm -hmm. Big Trek fans. Big Trek fans. Uh, I asked them uh, if I was allowed to say what NWA stood for, and they, they said I was not. So... Um, I'll leave that to the audience's imagination. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, egg on their face, we're allowed to say it all the time now. Right. I mean, I, once I, um, warmed up to LeVar enough, he gave me, he gave me the pass. Oh, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I got it from Michael. Ah, well, I think both only had one to give out, so that makes sense. (laughs) I remember Frakes (laughs) tried to give me one one time, but it was like... Printed on the back of a cereal box. It's very All crumpled strange. up. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just wanted me he, he to. He was handing those out like candy. To fall the foul of Michael on one of his bad days. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In his in his wharf mode, as yeah. he used to call it. Oh, watch out, Michael's in wharf mode. I am wharfing. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Stand back! I'm going to wharf. <laughs> Uh, War 5. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My next comment is is that, once again, Marasta does this weird thing with her mouth. Yeah, I think it's the prosthetic. No, she she does this, like, weird... She, like, she purses her lips and then, like, like uh, curls the, the edges of her mouth downward. Does she do it on Frasier? I don't think she was on Frasier. Wait, you told me she was on Frasier. No, 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 no. Um, BB was on Frasier. Uh, okay. Once I got the pass, I wasn't allowed to watch Frasier anymore, so... <laughs> I don't know these things. In fact, uh, BB's appearance kickstarted uh, what some fans refer to as the TNG Frasier Expanded Universe. Ah, that makes sense. Uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of overlap between the two. Didn't BB so. also later appear in the Star Wars sequels? No, that was Bebe. Ah, uh, okay. And 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 Bebe's kids. <laughs> All eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, 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 TNG and Fraser had a, a quite a uh, a couple years of of collaboration. Their comics, books. Yeah, I'm a uh, big fan of the uh, the novel myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's nice. It's got this framing device where Fraser is psychoanalyzing, assisting with the therapy of all the the various bridge crew, and sure. Um, sure, yeah. And then they all go drink a ten forward. That's beautiful. You know what ten forward is, right? Uh, I think so. Now, what is this about? Um, Cobb salad and scrambled eggs. Huh? What? Uh, only true Fraser heads would know this. Yeah, I don't actually watch Fraser. Um, I know that he fought Muhammad Ali one time. Da- Fraser da- or uh, down goes Fraser was the call. Down goes Fraser. You ever watch that boxing match from, you know, decades ago? 
this didn't happen, did it? This happened. Google down Kelsey, goes Kelsey Grammer, like himself. <laughs> down goes Fraser. Google it. I'm gonna Google it, and nothing's gonna come up, and you're gonna laugh at me. <laughs> you're you're so wary of playing the fool. Oh, you're an asshole. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> Even worse than nothing coming up. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> How do you know this stuff? That's a it's, you didn't watch it. That's an extremely popular call. Everyone knows that call. Down goes free. I don't know that call. Do you, do you know um, LeBron James with no regard for human life? You know that one. That's also a very popular call. He, he like dunks on somebody, and the the announcers like LeBron James with no regard for human life. And well, wild. I don't watch sports ball. What's a sports ball? <laughs> That's what makes boxing so compelling. It's it's sports ball, but they remove the ball. They remove the ball. <laughs> uh, all right, Star Trek. Um. So the Chancellor goes back to his planet. He is reinstated into his position. <laughs> After his beautiful performance. Right. right. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we, get, we get some, like, light drama where uh, Yale uh, hasn't told him about Riker, and Krola finds out, and yada yada. He talks to... The Chancellor talks to Picard... And you know they reach somewhat of an understanding, but he's he's like, okay, you know, we'll we'll figure this out later or whatever, right? Hmm. Meanwhile, Riker is trying to escape the hospital through uh, increasingly bizarre means. Yeah, he he picks up a what appears to be a very light couch, love seat <laughs> kind of thing. Um, long stool. I believe it was actually made and... out of styrofoam. Yeah, <laughs> he really Frakes really really tried to sell it being like uh, a normal weight, and bless his heart. Yeah, he he. Uh, I guess he's attempting to break a window without knowing what it's made out of because it's a foreign foreign substance. But I guess he spent long enough there to know that what what, what windows are made out of there. Um, and uh, in walks BB. BB eight. Yeah, BBA, and um, this this the, has the, to be like the, the worst scene in in TNG ever. Uh, I was I was gonna say like maybe one of the the most famous. Is it famous beyond the just maybe not Star Trek circles? I thought like no 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 I I wouldn't say like you know outside of Star Trek circles, but I think inside them, this is kind of uh, the the most remembered part of this episode, wouldn't you say? If so, I would say that's unfortunate. Well, it's 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 remembered because it's well, it is stupid, but uh, I don't know. I, I think I think it's kind of funny. She's like she's she wants she's like oh I want to have sex with an alien. I won't let you escape until you fuck me. It is uh, funny, but it's just so jarring tonally. I guess. <laughs> like this is not a, a funny episode, a light episode, a comedic episode. Um. Which I a guess a lot of it was just for Frakes' ego too. Yeah, well, everyone must want the Frakes, his, you know, yeah. his, his Frakes. What he called it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you'll remember we all had kind of a laugh filming this because um, 
we uh, we were recalling with like you know you remember how Gene would have us film these uh, uh, these these kind of unshown sex scenes um, just for his personal collection. Yes, yes. You know, we we did it with we did it with that episode, like that that old episode on that uh, that planet that Wesley um, Wesley got imprisoned on. Yeah, where everybody's wearing like white breaking glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it there. We did it a lot of a lot of freak stuff. Um, we did it with Troy being impregnated by that light ball. Yeah. We just kind of like mimed it, pantomimed it. We called it the um, Disney Vault. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Anyway, Gene wanted it for for his collection. Um. I mean, Gene. Gene was a genius, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I it was it was a lot nicer to just watch it without the cameras turned on this time, right? And I know I know Frakes was uh, more intimate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 Frakes was beaming afterward. Well, part of it was that for this one, we all had to stand in a ring around them holding candles, which uh, was a surreal experience. We all had to stand in a ring around the rosy. <laughs> I still got that posy in my pocket. Fucking <laughs> 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 stupid. <laughs> um, so anyway, Frakes fails to escape. And so does Riker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Yeah, yeah, they, they they beat the shit out of him at the at the order of that guy who's been obsessed with him all episode. Right. In the hospital. Do, um Do you think the ultimately it progresses to the point where the the evil guy wants uh we he's gonna stage Freak sh- shooting him. Yeah, sure. And how do you feel about that plan? I don't know. I like how it's foiled by his inherent unfamiliarity with the technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, it's set to stun. So No, I, I do I do like that. I do like that. I mean I guess I guess his willingness to kind of be a martyr here is it says something about his character at least. It's also a, um, uh, I, I hesitate to use the word sensible, but it's a, uh, it, it, it does make sense for achieving his, his goals, that yeah. action. So, I don't know, it's a, I kind of like the way that this, this climax chugs along. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And then, you know, uh, Crusher plays detective and finds out that he shot himself somehow. The angle of the the, the laser beam. <laughs> uh, yeah, she saves everyone. I mean, Riker's about to die, I guess, of course, as usual. But she saves him. Um, Marasta still does that weird thing with her mouth. <laughs> and, uh, you want some trivia? Yeah. The last scene of this episode, where they're on the boat. I'm sorry, they're on the spaceship. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing a bit. No. <laughs> No. Life of Pi. <laughs> um, where they're on the ship, the dialogue from that was used in an unused readier room OP. Ah. Well, well, some, some readier room lore, huh? Of which I had that to memory many. alpha. Yeah. 
article. Hey, anyone who's listening from Memory Alpha, uh, be sure to make a page for us, huh? Well, it's, we're more of a Memory Beta type of crew. Well, yeah, we're fly under the radar. Only the smart people watch us. Yeah. Listen to us. They check our TV tropes page. <laughs> yeah, under the trope being a faggot, you're listed like 5,000 times. <laughs> Which is a really long web page. <laughs> uh, okay, alright. Where are we? Yeah, we're at the end of the episode, aren't we? We are. We're here. So, yeah, the, the, the Chancellor decides that... Uh, because because Kroll is an idiot, he is not going to accept Picard's offer, which we've already kind of expanded upon why I'm not a huge fan of the conclusion here, um, namely because the fish disappeared from the ready room. We call that a continuity error in we the do. biz. In, in the, yeah. <laughs> People get fired for those, you know. Right. Now, when you're as indispensable as the fishmonger, you got some leeway. That's true, that's true. I was jealous, honestly. Right. The stuff he got away with. Him and the fearmonger uh, always had the most protected shots. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um, Alright, yeah, I guess, I guess. I mean, there's nothing to really talk about. We, we really, like, kind of front-loaded this one, as, as we tend to do, but... Uh, I think we've we've made our opinions known. Have our opinions changed at all? I will say that mine has gone down just a little bit. Okay. Um, I right. wouldn't necessarily give this like a top five. Like I, it might have been number five before, and maybe it's like gone down a bit. But yeah, okay. I I do still think it's a very 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 good episode. Just probably not the best. Sure, sure. No, I mean it's uh it's definitely a novel episode for Star Trek. And I think it gets a lot of attention for that. Um, not in spite of itself, because it's a fun watch, too. Mm. But, uh, you know, all my all my earlier statements, I think I've... I, I, I still hold those opinions. Um, I think I would give it... It's, it's fun to watch, so I'd say I'd give it a three and a half. I would give it... Probably a four. It might have been a four point five saucer steps before, but now it's a four. Yeah, saucer steps. I forgot to say saucer steps. You're fired. That's that's part of our contract. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I think we're pretty close in terms of how, how we viewed this episode for the most part. It was good. It was good. Definitely better than a lot of stuff that we've uh, been forced to sit through. Mm. Most of which is some variant of Trek. Yeah, yeah. It's all we watch this track, really. JJ Trek. Strange New Worlds. Strange New Trek. Star Trek Discovery. The Lower Decks. Star Trek Prodigy. Picard 1, Picard 2, Picard 3. Picard 4, 4, 4. Picard 3, we do have to watch Picard 3, because it's got everyone in it. That's that's what they're counting on. You're going to let their evil plan work. <laughs> well, we'll steal it. We'll steal it. It's uh, I mean, tell me you're not interested in seeing these like geriatric cast members get back together. Who's geriatric? <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> well, you know, 
Very good, very good. You got any trivia? I think I do. Hold on. Oh, no. Hold on. Hold on. Where did my tab go? I'm not going to say, oh, you mean the soda? All right. You know what? I think I remember it. So this episode does something that only five episodes in total of TNG did. Uh, Allude to Riker having sex. No, 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 no. There's way more than that. Um, It's, how do I want to frame this? So actually, it's it's less about what they do and more about what they don't do. There's five episodes that don't do this. And it's a pretty common thing that you'll see or that the episode will do at the start of every episode. I was thinking about the cold open before you said anything, but it's a pretty hot open. It connects to the... Yeah, it's not, yeah. So uh, it's, yeah, it's not that. Is but there there's only short, five episodes that do this. A shortened version of the, the opening? No. no. Uh, Remember, this this is about what it doesn't do, really. I should have phrased that better. It's about okay. what it doesn't do that usually gets done. Hmm. Well, there is an opening, it, so it's not that. There's an opening, yeah. Uh, so, so typically Picard will do this, though other characters often do it, too. All right, um... I, I don't know, some kind of exposition dump? I'm not sure. What, what do yeah, you sure, sure. I mean, you're on the right track. Um, establish the, the planet? The setting? You're on the right track. Jesus. Um, like even more broadly than that. And it is, it is about establishing. Right, okay. Uh, Picard, so Picard or some other character usually does this. Only five don't. What is it? Now, okay, is this like a, um, help me out here. Is this something within the context of the show, or is it like a screenwriting device? It's within the context of the show. Okay. And it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, in that case. Oh, Stardate. Stardate? Stardate, there it is. Yep, yes. no Stardate this episode. All right, we got it there. It only happens five times in the entire show. Interesting. How about that? Actually yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, tell that to your Trek buddies. You're my only Trek buddy. No, I was talking to the, the Ensign. Oh, uh, okay. They, they can say, hmm, did you know there are only five episodes? Hmm, did you There's know no that, that UBI them. is the logical conclusion of technological progress? <laughs> okay, okay. All right, well, that's, uh, that's going to do it for our glorious comeback episode yeah and god knows the Certainly length long enough yeah two hours and 45 minutes although i'm sure the That's edited disgusting. version will be a little lighter but um before we go i want to give a shout out to our sponsors uh denny's home of the grand slam and uh pep boys home of the 15 minute oil change if you go to either these establishments and you drop the the term readier you'll get 15 percent off your order of purchase also, special shout-outs to our uh, Reformed Orthodox Rabbi, Bill Clinton. And uh, we'll see you all somewhere out there in space on the mythical December 3rd. But until we meet again, uh, nice and hearty and holiday-ridden, stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man-Child. I stand before you, defrocked. 
condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Anson. Engage. inside the bottle bottle.